to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by one guy who is still gainfully employed. What's up, Gene? Yeah, nobody uh, nobody took like two weeks to decide whether or not my fate uh, was uh, was going to be next. Uh, so uh, my name is Gene Zilek. You can find me at Producer Gene on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, a wild day. It's been a wild week in Philadelphia sports, but this has really been the uh, the big news as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we're going to talk about like all the awesome things that have been going on. We're going to talk about um, on on Mon- for Monday show. We're going to talk about Ben's three pointer. We're going to talk about Carter's shutout, the the Flyers' hot start, Eagles Vikings, all that stuff. But we had to get on here to talk about the firing of Gabe Kapler. Now, hey, could you imagine if you totally fucked up a major work project and then your boss was like. All right, I'm going to um, pull all of your coworkers over the next 12 days to determine if we're even going to keep you on uh, for another year or not. I'm telling you, man, professional sports is a whole different world. Like you just you wouldn't be able to you would have a lawsuit on your hands, I think, if you were if you would were to do this to one of your employees unless that was kind of like the standard in your industry. I, I feel like if I was in a situation where I had done something that was, you know, over this long of a, of a stretch uh, and not been effective, I'm, I'm pretty sure that my boss would be able to make that decision pretty quick. So, uh, so did we, did we do the right thing here? Did, uh, did old Johnny pull the right triggers, pull the right levers here? Should he have, cleaned house entirely and if he wasn't going to make that move should he have just let this thing play its course one more year well uh, no i feel like gabe had you know somebody had to somebody had to be the sacrificial lamb so to speak and i think that uh, the decision was probably there there's a certain amount that that john middleton maybe still believes in the underlying philosophy that brought this regime in this uh this this uh, you know I, I think it's more and deeper than just analytics i think it's more of using uh beyond just gut feel to to evaluate talent i think that that's a big part of it and i think that maybe middleton still believes in a lot of that and and i feel like he he is as disappointed maybe as we are that it didn't work out i think he really was hoping that this was going to be when when they moved on from a cannon and they brought in a whole new front office he really thought that this was going to catapult the the organization right back into contention and it just hasn't been that way so last season last offseason he's like well we'll just go and get a marquee superstar and that'll be the thing that'll put us over and again that didn't quite and they brought in a lot of talent you know in in the lineup they brought in jt romuto who who may have been the best uh player that they brought in um they improved defensively they looked at a lot of those aspects and said if we do these things we should be able to be five ten games better than than what we were and it just didn't work out you can't predict things like injuries or 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 just completely uh flat pitching and the thing was there were points in the season where this baseball team looked lifeless and last last season they just seemed like they quit on him this year it seems like they flattened out in this uh, you know as the as the summer kind of started to to take off they got themselves out of the race they tried to kind of hang around they showed a little life at, at, at points but they never really felt like contenders and i feel like that that sort of thing you 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 look at the manager and say hey you know you needed to 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 inter, intervene in some way, or at least you have to sh- let the fans see that 
you are intervening in some way if you're owning this team. So uh, I think it needed to happen. I think that Kapler was was just when you've when you've done this to a person, you've basically taken any kind of credibility from him, and they didn't have any other move to make. Um, yeah, I mean, we, so we're talking about a team now that you know this year has finished, you know, in th- what is it, fourth place, third place, fourth place. Uh, yeah, we were what, behind the Mets. Whatever, you're 16 games behind the Braves. So I mean, the Mets actually finished five games better than us. Still didn't make the playoffs. So Damn, yeah, five. yeah, they finished with 86 wins. I just, you, you know, you can say whatever you want about. Okay, you know, he supports everyone in public. Uh, and then, you know, behind closed doors, you don't know what happens. You don't know what goes on in the clubhouse. I was holding guys accountable or what, like what to me, if it's all behind closed doors, then it might as well just not even happen. I, I, I mean, if we need, so what I think the biggest change here is going to be is there's going to be someone who in, he, you know, that comes in here with their pencils sharpened. Uh, you know, ready to hold people accountable and, you know, stop fucking around for Christ's sake. You know, we, we got a job to do. We expect to win baseball games with the level of talent and the amount of money on the field right now. We expect to win baseball games. And when we don't, people are going to be held accountable for that. And as a manager, it's it ain't going to be me. Like, I'm going to make sure I do everything I can to help us be in a position to win. And now it's up to you guys to do the damn thing on the field. And, you know, we're not going to pussyfoot around it and tell everyone how great they are and I believe in everybody and all that happy horse shit. Go out and win baseball games because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And if Gabe Kapler learns anything from this experience, it should be that the only thing that matters at the end of the day is winning baseball games. You can be supportive all you want. People can love you as a player's manager and all that. But at the end of the day, you need to win. And you've got to figure it, out it, what it is that is going off the rails when you have these 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 points where your team seems lethargic or lifeless or un they were they were unable to to string together winning streaks in both the last two years. Can you think of an extended winning streak that the Phillies they they played like a five hundred team lose one win one lose three win three they never felt like a team that could capture and 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 ride momentum. Um, and part of that is I feel like he would over tinker or over adjust. And I don't know if that's just Gabe. I don't know if he was getting some amount of input from above um, from Clintac or whoever it was that was maybe saying, you know, we need to keep tinkering, keep trying to find this edge. And sometimes you just have to realize very and keep it simple, stupid. You know, what I mean, Play the guys, especially in that first season, play the guys in the positions they are best suited to play in and put guys in positions to win. I honestly think the clubhouse is a toxic environment. The Phillies clubhouse is a toxic environment. I mean, it's just the impression that I get from the feedback from last season with uh, the Fortnite and um, Santana smashing the television and then. Arietta's comments this year about how much better the clubhouse was because, you know, Santana wasn't in it. And I, I think like, no, dude, you got it the other way around. Like your lack of focus and I don't know, play, playing a goddamn video game while your team's on the field to me is the, the, the toxic clubhouse part of it. Not the person who's actually trying to keep you accountable, being a professional uh, and understanding the task at hand. 
so, I mean, honestly, I, I really just I, – look, I don't want a disciplinarian. I, we don't need um, you know, someone to go in there and rule with an iron fist, but it's, it's really about accountability. We just need accountability. Has anything about the – and I don't know how much uh, you were able to kind of listen in and, and some of the reactions – um, between social media and, and the radio. I listened to a lot of radio this afternoon, uh, just trying to, to hear if they were going to do a press conference or just kind of get a vibe if there was anything coming out officially from the uh, from the front office. And I have to say, and, you know, take this with a grain of salt because talk radio in Philadelphia is what it is, um, but I was really surprised at, at some of the things that people were saying in terms of supporting what, what Gabe Kapler did. And, and there was so much of a, if you weren't going to clear out all of them, why did you bother firing Gabe? That they, they almost like that they felt, you know, as much as people were, had their, their torches and, and pitchforks ready to, to, to get rid of him, uh, the, the, there's still a dissatisfaction with not cleaning out the whole front office, um, which I understand, but, you know... Uh, when the season was over, the person that was catching the most blame was was the manager. And if that was how you felt 10 days ago, it's kind of a surprise to me that people are now kind of saying, you know, I liked Gabe. He had a, you know, he was, he had a thick skin and, you know, he's going to win someplace else. Uh, you know, those opinions surprise me. And that's not necessarily the opinion that I have. I, I thought that Gabe did have a thick skin. I thought he, he never overreacted when he was asked questions or anything like that. But I do not think that he was a good tactician. I don't think that he gave you a particular edge uh, as a manager. And if he wasn't going to give you a particular edge the way his style was, uh, he wasn't uh, a good leader either. So he really wasn't giving you any benefit. There was there was no win in keeping Gabe. You might as well see if there isn't some other sh way to shake this team up short of firing all uh, all nine starters and, and the entire pitching staff. Well, that's the new thing now, right? That's going to be the new in vogue thing is to defend Gabe when – you know, the eye test and everything in front of you is telling you that he was not an effective manager. And, you know, we've said it on this podcast about 100 times, leader of men. Um, so now you're going to hear all these people say, like, well, you know, look what look what he was given to work with. And I, I feel like he exceeded expectations with the players that he had. Dude, are you crazy? Are you crazy? He exceeded expectations. Go back to last August. Look at last season's August record, and you tell me that team exceeded the expectations you had for the month of August? Like, I'm sorry. You know, this is big boy baseball. This is not Little League where everyone gets a trophy. We change the goal, the goalposts. We move the goalposts. When you're in first place going into the month of August, guess what the expectation is? It's for you to win the division. And I don't care the cat. I mean, you're a major league baseball team. Go 500 that month. Yeah, they, if you they, were they good enough to gain, to get a lead in the division, go 500. Yeah, they couldn't do it. They could not. They couldn't find that other gear. They couldn't. They couldn't keep it together. Last year, by all accounts, it is described as as a collapse, and there's no other way to put it. And in my opinion, what we saw in June. You know, you can't put the blame on Andrew McCutcheon going down to be the end of your season. You can't put the the blame on having no bullpen arm to be the arms to be the end of your season. What did the Yankees have a, th a 30, 30 DL stint season? Yeah, yeah, they had more innings lost to injury than we did, and uh, they seem to be doing okay. Welcome to the championship series.
but we are uh, in a, we are in a division where we are now firmly in fourth place, and I, I you know, I mean, the Mets, the Braves, and the Nationals are not going to fall back to the pack. I and mean, the fifth place team owns you. Yeah, the Nationals just beat a team that was described as unbeatable. The Nationals are in the, the, the NLCS now with a chance to go on to the World Series. And by all accounts, they they subtracted from their roster last year. They're, they're the ones that lost Bryce Harper. And look where they are. So te- so riddle me this. You, you're now, you now have a coaching a managerial vacancy, uh, and the other teams that are also have vacancies are the Giants, Padres, Pirates, Angels, Royals, Mets, and Cubs. Um, now, trying to like take my fandom out of it, and in a vacuum, if I am Joe Madden, if I am Joe Girardi, if I am Buck Showalter, if I am any of these big-name uh, managers out looking for a new job, let's see, which positions are more attractive than the Phillies? I got to think the Cubs position is more attractive. Yeah. I mean, uh, other than the fact that Joe Madden won't go back to the Yeah, I mean, obviously that. Uh, the Angels, you have the best player in baseball. Right. And that is and, that is a team that, you know, for, from all accounts, just has been stalled, you know. But that's 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 that huge West Coast market. Yeah. And, I mean, and you're in Southern California, which, is, you know, it's beautiful. So you have the, the Angels and the Padres in Southern California. Uh, I think the Padres have a fantastic young core. I think that it's a no pressure position. Absolutely no pressure. Um, you know, the Giants, uh, you know, it is what it is. There's a lot of people that are saying, and this is interesting, and I heard this on the way in, they think that Gabe Kapler would be an excellent fit in San Francisco, that their general manager and he had a very good relationship and that uh, he might be on the short list of names out there now that he's been – uh, put back onto the market, so to speak. Did you hear there was chatter on uh, Dodgers Twitter uh, that was like, we should have hired Gabe Kapler when he was available because they're like railing um, with Dave Roberts for yeah. um, the the Clayton Kershaw collapse last night. I mean, do, do you do you put that on the manager? I, I mean, you would think that putting... Yeah, I do. I, Clayton Kershaw is the one of the most historically awful postseason I mean, not awful postseason pitchers, but just like you cannot rely on him to be the regular season Clayton Kershaw in the postseason, and right. now it's old Clayton Kershaw. Right. Um, yeah i i wouldn't I wouldn't put him in any in any sort of high pressure position coming in in relief, which he doesn't normally do. It's just that's the, that's the mess. The only the only time I ever remember that sort of move working was I think when Kurt Schilling did it. Um, and I can't remember if it, I think that was when he did it. Did he come in in relief in the in the Boston yeah. series? Kurt Schilling is a very mentally tough pitcher, and he's a totally different animal. He's a totally different yeah. animal. It, Clayton Kershaw is not a mentally tough postseason pitcher. Kurt Schilling is made of different stuff. So I feel like you should. Uh, what do they say? Uh, you know, stick with the guy that brought you, or, or stick stick with them. The yeah, man yeah. That, dance with the girl that dance with the, the girl. Dance you with the guy that with. brought you, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that he over. You know, there was an over management issue where you look at. You know, there's a, a certain attractiveness to look down the bench in game five when you've got a lead, and you have Clayton Kershaw. You go. You know what? 
this seems like it should make it should work, right? You know, he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. I'm going to put him in, and I just need to get you know, however, you know, five outs, six outs, and it just it it was it totally backfired. Yeah, and, but I mean, bringing this back to to the Phillies, I I honestly think if I if I was a free agent manager, I would rather have the Padres job, I'd rather have the Angels job, I would rather have the Cubs job. Um, and honestly, I think I'd rather have the Mets job. I mean, uh, you know, Pete Alonzo and, you know, Stroman, uh, a really good pitching staff, Syndergaard, you know, uh, those three, those three core pitchers there. Um, they're gonna be tough. They're gonna be tough, you know, and, and you know, you, gotta, you know, Middleton plays a lot into this because who knows what he's going to do this off season. Are they going to make a run at Garrett Cole? Or are they going to make a run at Rendon? Um, well, manager salary doesn't be in the conversations. Manager salary doesn't figure into the into the the luxury tax issue, so he's going to pay whatever he needs to if he feels like there is a a guy. Um, my, I wonder if this is going to end up turning into uh, a situation similar to like when the Eagles made their last hire. I think there's a lot of parallels. We had Chip Kelly, who we're going to get some sort of no name we never heard of and be all pissed off about it. He had see Chip Kelly had come in and he was going to rewrite the, Dusty Waytham or the whatever game, the game of football, and it, it worked for about five minutes, and then we all kind of caught on that Chip Kelly was was just a, a created a toxic environment, and they and Jeffrey Laurie said, "I want to bring in somebody who's going to change the culture of this." Uh, of this yeah, team. it's weird. It was like Chip Kelly, though. It's like a toxic culture of negativity. And yeah. Gabe Kapler somehow makes it a toxic culture of positivity. And I'll tell you, the name that I heard uh, going around, and I don't know if he's really serious about uh, becoming a manager, um, but I heard the name Raul Abanez. And also similar to... He said no. He said no. But maybe the, in that mold, if there is a guy out there a a former player maybe that has some tie to the organization who uh, could come in you know maybe that's maybe that's a a a way to entertain to to start the the look i would like them to go with somebody who does have some managerial experience i think we tried the the new guy with you know fresh outlook new set of eyes thinking outside the box thing it's that's not baseball that's just not how it works Fans, get Chase Utley out of your head. Get Jimmy Rollins out of your head. Charlie Manuel's not coming back. Forget about that. Let's just take this approach. You know, we want someone that has experience, preferably postseason experience, but definitely like a pennant chase experience um, that's going to do it by the book, get the most out of their players, hold the players accountable, uh, you know, and be straight with us as fans because we're not fucking idiots. Sorry, Gabe. Yeah, I would like somebody with National League experience, too. There's something about, like, the idea of, like, you know, all these guys that, you know, Buck Walter, that's an American League guy. Joe Girardi, American League guy. Uh, Joe Madden, I, I like that idea. Apparently, he's a, a kind of a, a a very loose a loose guy in the clubhouse, too. And I don't even know if it was discipline that this team needed, but i got to be honest, like, it, it really is, like, that attitude that, like, a guy like Jake Arrieta kind of had that kind of spoke volumes, you know, that those are the kinds of quotes from players that, that stick out to me uh, in this, the, the, now the Gabe Kapler era. And, you know what? I actually, I wouldn't mind an American league guy at this point. Just something we totally had the different. over, I think I feel like the NL guys are always the over tinkerers. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, the AL guys are like, all right, this, this baby's on cruise control. I'm just going to ride it till it starts to start till it starts to, you know, make a funny noise. Right. 
Yeah, no, so that's true. I, 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 I might be down with a little. Are, are you concerned at all that Clentac is going to be involved with making this decision? I feel like Clentac and McPhail are all about the the uh, the echo chamber. Like, yeah. They just want someone to tell them how great they are. Right. I think that there's certain, certainly some ma- uh, some bit of that. I think they would certainly don't want somebody that's going to really uh, give them a lot of resistance to their ideas. I feel like they they have ideas as to how the, 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 the game should be managed and run. They got the, the guy in Gabe that was going to absolutely just be like, hey, man, yeah, whatever you want, guys. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. Uh, let me get those note cards ready for yeah, you Yeah, I think you're beautiful. Yeah, no, that's really good. You're presenting beautifully today, Matt. Yeah, so, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that anybody you get that's got experience in other organizations is going to give you a certain amount of uh, a pushback. Um, I think Buck Showalter has uh, experience dealing with these guys, cause, but, uh, you know, do you do you want that all Orioles kind of vibe? I mean, the Orioles just don't... I mean, the Orioles were good then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a different Orioles team. I think a lot of people associate immediately the the current Orioles team. I think uh, I think I read somewhere that Buck seems to get like when he starts a new position, he gets a fifteen game win over the previous season average from when he started. Wow. Well, fifteen games puts us, you know, uh, one game behind the Braves. Yeah. So you know, that would. <laughs> That would be pretty good, but you know, and like you said, you know, still not kind of enough. But you know, and and it's amazing kind of how baseball is that weird sport where you know, think about uh, the 2011 Phillies. You know, they were head and shoulders out in the East and and yeah. went out in five games. Same thing happens to the Dodgers this year. Like baseball is a weird game. You have to be built for the marathon, and then real quick adjust to the sprint and and you got to be hitting it on all cylinders when postseason starts yeah yeah you know just look i mean the nationals were really on the ropes in that wild card game yeah i mean to even be in the position to play the you know the cardinals was um or i'm sorry the dodgers was was sort of a miracle the thing that fascinated me about the the way the Nationals season has gone is they they were they were way buried behind us. They were almost nine games, I think, at one point behind us in June. They, yeah, we were they, talking about firing their manager and everything. They put up, they put together a string, uh, you know, a run that was almost unprecedented. They 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 had equal to the best records in baseball from June on. And uh, they, I think they were playing loose after that wild card game. They felt like, you know, we've already, just by getting into this series, achieved what we kind of thought we were going to. This is all house money. And that's one thing that the Phillies never really got into. They never got into a position where they felt um, like they were playing to their expectations. I don't know if they, now, they felt the pressure from June on, I yeah, think. I feel like they were pressing and... I would love to to point out, like, you know, that there's individual players, but I just feel like philosophically there were so many mistakes just going into this season. Their approach offensively didn't work. Their approach to how pitchers were handled didn't work. And they took too long to adjust, way too long to adjust. Yeah. Uh, Houston uh, just advanced. Garrett Cole pitched like a beast tonight. Yeah, well, and you know they got a scare put into them those last two games against Tampa. Um, I think they certainly felt like they needed to come out and make a statement. Yeah, they got tonight. a little frisky throwing Verlander out of there in game game four. Um, all right, let's see what else about Gabe. Hey, any concern that Gabe is going to go somewhere else and be like a savant genius? 
I, I really don't have that concern. <laughs> like, I honestly, I, you know, in the same way that I didn't feel like Chip Kelly was going to go, you know, to San Francisco and take them to a Super Bowl. I just, but you know, it's funny. It's like, I thought it would say you were comparing that to Chip Kelly, which is totally appropriate. Um, and then we'll compare it to Terry Francona in a second. Um, when Chip went to, to San Francisco, I was a bit nervous because I thought he was going to have Kaepernick and who they were going to do really all kinds liked. of crazy Chip Kelly yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it just didn't work out. No, he never had him really. Right. He, he benched him, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, oh, man, that guy not getting out of his own way. What's UCLA this season like? 0-7 now? Uh, I think they have one win. Do they? I, th- I think so. But I think it was against like a Division Three squad or something. I'd have to look it up. Um, so like, do you, all right, you're not getting a Terry Francona vibe with this? No. And it took a while for Francona to kind of figure it out too. I think after he left the Phillies, cause he went, did he go immediately to Boston? I thought that there was another, a stop in the middle there before he went to Boston and kind of put hmm. it together. Francona really, I mean, like if you want to talk about somebody who was not given the, the tools to, uh, to manage with that, those teams were not good. They 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 oh, were not. Yeah, good. UCLA did beat Washington State sixty-seven to sixty-three. Yeah, that's that's some game right there. And a and a, and a classic Chip Chip Kelly game. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I'm sure he. I'm sure every 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 uh every game he comes off the field and is so excited about having more possessions than the yeah, other. Yeah, they are one and five. Though, yeah, so. so they're terrible. Good way to go, Chip. But yeah, <laughs> no, I I'm not worried about I'm not worried about. Gabe, honestly, I mean, I, I I wish him well. I think he would probably be better served in more of an advisory role in, in an organization. I don't think he has the the right presence to be a manager. Some people just don't. I think he's got a good baseball mind. Uh, you know, I think he certainly has a good work ethic. Um, but I I just don't think he's got the right gravity. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think what would be the best scenario for Gabe because old players like older veteran players won't really respond to his um sort of approach I would I would think and younger players um he doesn't develop no so I don't really know what the ideal team for Gabe is it's maybe um like stratomatic I was gonna say the show tw- uh 2000 Base, yeah. Like 2021 yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, places places where like actual feelings and emotion and um, you know human uh, interactions aren't really involved. Yeah, I just um... he always the best comparison I've always had with him is he always struck me as that substitute teacher you get when you're in school. And having sub been a substitute teacher myself, I will tell you. Uh, there are days where you walk into a classroom and you know that you know kind of the way they did de- describe it at a poker table. You know you're the fish. Like, you know, you know, obviously I'm the one who's going to have their money taken. Uh, you know, it just seems like what from the minute he walked into to spring training that there there was just this vibe of, of we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. You know, and when they would talk to him, if you listen to people like Bryce Harper or some of the other guys, you know, the subtext was, yeah, like, I wish they would leave us alone. I, he, I They're talking all the time. I, you know, I'm just going to go out and do what I do. Who do you think is the one, you know, how like uh, Middleton did this whole you know, United States tour talking to players and everything about you know, what he should do, I guess. I, I I don't know. I don't know if that's what it was or not. But or whatever. Yeah, whatever he was doing. Wh- who do you think the one person or player is that w- that probably had the most influence over him 
to move on from Gabe? I think you'd the the easy answer is to say it was Bryce Harper. Um, but honestly, I think it was maybe a guy, and I don't know this for sure, but I I, I think it might be Aaron Nola. I think you've got to hmm. you got to look at the one pitching piece that um, that is is probably a guarantee to be here. I mean, other than Arietta, but uh, the one the the thing that I, I keep hearing is that you know he had a slow start, but then kind of worked it out. The same thing with Eflin, I think, and both of them were kind of being coached in a he had way a slow end too. Yeah. Gene. Well, but that seems to be his pattern, um, but. They were both coached with certain reproaches early in the season, and then eventually, I think Eflin at one point actually said to to Chris Young, "Like, look, man, I just got to do what I do." And then his, you know, things seem to, to change. So I think that you would get kind of a straight answer from a guy like Nola, uh, who doesn't have a, a boisterous personality. But I think if you went to him and said, "Hey, you know what? You know, you were supposed to be our ace. Well, you know, how was your interaction? You know, how was the pitching handled?" I ho- I hope that that carried a lot of weight. Uh, yeah, I go back and forth between two guys in my mind. I, I think either JT Romuto, who you need to lock up next year. So I think his opinion um, might go kind of a long way. I mean, Harper's here. So same thing with Nola. They both signed some uh, bigger contracts long term. So, you know, JT's the the next – like you got to sign JT next year. Um, the other one is like Charlie Manuel maybe since he was in the clubhouse and, you know, he might've, you know, John might've said, Hey, you know, Charlie, what what are you seeing in the clubhouse? And he's like, I don't know. The guys that down there, like putting peanut butter crackers on his forehead, licking deodorant. I don't know doing what else he has no control over this clubhouse. He's, he's out of control. You got, you you don't, you don't have a professional in the pit. Yeah. I I don't know, but I feel like, uh, you know, Charlie would have given him that like real candid. I've, I was in there. I saw what was going on. And if I feel like that would be very compelling to me. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, maybe just as an exercise in closing, let's look at the last three Phillies managers. Uh, Ryan Sandberg, uh, Pete, Pete McCannon, McCannon, and Gabe Kapler. Who do you think of those three had the most, uh, you know, I guess is going to leave you with the the – the, the, the best positive the most po- who, you know what can you take the most positive from it's um, Pete McCannon which is interesting because I feel like he never had a shot right no where would we be if they just left Pete McCannon in there we might have been okay I don't know <laughs> we might have been okay I mean Ryan Sandberg believe it or not in my opinion bigger disaster than Gabe Kapler <laughs> I, I just think that that was a yeah, car crash unmitigated from, from, disaster from jump Jeez. street because i feel like they moved on from charlie manuel to a certain degree because they were so convinced that ryan sandberg was going to be a generational manager who was going to be like the you know the the second coming in some some aspects um and i always felt like charlie got done dirty in that season and, and he should have at least been able to finish the year um so, yeah, no, Pete Cannon felt like, to me, the prototypical baseball guy. He never really was given any indication he was going to get the job. He got a little bit of an extension. Um, and then he, same kind of thing. Like, they, they brought in this new guy, this Kapler, with the idea that he was going to be the second coming. Again, it doesn't work out. Yeah, that you want to talk about Kapler had, you know, not a lot to work with. McCannon's teams were bad. Real bad. Yeah, they they had they had no star power. Yeah. 
bad. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. So how uh, soon do you think we, we, we actually get a change? Do you think this is going to gonna linger on, or do you think maybe by the time we are broadcasting on Sunday, we are reveling in our new man? Nah, I think it'll be at least a couple more weeks. These guys are still interviewing, and I mean, you know, Gir- Girardi alone um, has been making the rounds. You know, he already started, but he's obviously going to talk to the Mets. He'll probably talk to the Phillies. There's reports that Madden said like the Phillies job has piqued his interest, although by all accounts, the Angels is the job he really wants. I, I mean, um, I honestly thought that I had heard that that was a done deal. I was surprised to find out that he was still, uh, you know, un uncommitted. Yeah, uh, I th- you know, we may wind up with the best of who's left kind of thing. Um I don't know who who would that be like Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter. You know, I I honestly think the Buck Showalter thing is going to work out. I think it, I think if, of of the names that have been bandied around, I think that Buck Showalter is the the most likely uh, thing you may see. I'd be interested to see if the Dodgers do make a move. Um, that might be an interesting thing uh, if they they tear apart that that organization and maybe there's a a bench coach or somebody in there that that's that's in line again. Although we got Gabe from the Dodgers organization, look how well that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't expect it anytime soon. I probably, you know, a few more weeks, uh, let everyone interview. I'm sure sports talk radio will be hot with speculation. We get some John Heyman tweets. Yeah. It will be great to go back into the, uh, into the waiting game and and get some Uh, Heyman bombs, but at least we have, you know, Eagles flyers, Sixers to kind of distract us. While this is going on. So I'm thinking that if there's a, any word that like uh, Madden is going to come in at like next Monday or Tuesday morning, I may uh, put on like uh, uh, like an electrician outfit and yeah. uh, maybe bring a steel lunch pail and sit out by uh, by the big bell and, uh, you know, try and try and sway him. <laughs> you or, might be more convincing as a plumber. <laughs> Maybe I should go and just see if they can take him down to some sort of like a a work site or something, and 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 just walk him through with a hard hat, you know. Jim yeah, maybe Tony we can dress style. up as plumbers. We'll be like Mario and Luigi. Well, I, I mean, or maybe we just need to fly him to Vegas and spend a night with uh, Middleton and 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 his wife. Uh, you know, that's what kind of price. Evidently, Harper. that's that's quite a trip. A steak dinner with John Middleton, you know, markets you the you know gets you thirteen years. So. Oh my God. All right. Well, look, I, I hope everyone has enjoyed this brief little bonus episode here. Uh, we're going to be back again Monday, obviously talking about, you know, some Sixers stuff, the the the, the, the long, long Lions. The what? The Long Lions game. Oh, the, the yeah. That's who the Sixers play, like the Long Lions. Yeah, the Chinese team. Yeah, Sixers, Flyers, hot start, Eagles, Vikings. It's all going to be there Monday. Um be sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, hey, until Monday, have a great day at work, everybody. Much like Gabe Kapler, we're out of here. 